Thanks so much for listening in to the Saints Hill Church Podcast. Our vision is to see heaven come to earth, and we do this by equipping the saints to know who they are in Christ, to walk in freedom through the truth, and make disciples who change the world. We hope this message draws you further into relationship with our Father, and if you would like to give to the mission of Saints Hill, please visit our website at saintshill.church. And thank you. Your generosity helps to keep Saints Hill going. Now, on to the message. This is our text for tonight, Ephesians 4.1. And this is Paul, and it says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you've been called by God. There was a word um, earlier this evening before the church, before we started and before people were coming in, and, and it was this, that there's a tenderness over this place tonight, and I'm just sensing that, and uh, I'm sensing that, sensing that there's a lot of tender hearts here tonight. So God, we just ask that uh, in that tenderness, uh, make me tender, uh, make these hearts tender, do what you will. And we receive what you have for us tonight. Hey, current statistics for average life, life expectancy are between 70 and 80 years. And I find it interesting that in Psalm 90 it says this. Why do we need to keep stats when the Bible calls it, calls it out already? But it says, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. It was already right there. So I have a birthday coming up, and I'll be 68. That was a little weak. <laughs> there we go. Um, and so that means if I'm average, I got about 7 to 10 years. That's a little humbling. When I was young, trusted uh, older men and women of God would come up to me and tell me, life's short, make every day count. And I would nod, and I'd be nice, but I'd nod. But I'd be thinking to myself, yeah, I know. i got to get to baseball practice. Um, and thank you. But what was it that were telling me? Life is short, then you're dead, and it's over? No. These were men and women that had been walking with Jesus for a long, long time. And they were trying to invest in my life. And they urgently wanted me to know and understand that it's God that gives me value and purpose and identity and to use what he's called me to for the kingdom. They didn't say it in those exact same words, but I knew what they meant. And they wanted me to know more than anything to live completely surrendered to God all the days of my life. And if God took me right now, that's really the message I want you to hear tonight. I think that's the message that God wants you to hear tonight. But we're in a series looking at one of our core values of leaving, leaving a legacy for heaven. And I've been faced in the last several weeks with these questions uh, that I've been asking of myself and as I ask these tonight, no, I, I'm asking them of me. You ask them of yourselves as well, and I'll remind you. But what kind of a legacy am I leaving? And what does leaving a legacy even look like? 
And then the Holy Spirit reminded me of this verse. It's in Psalm 16, and it says this. As for the, this is awesome. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones. In whom is all my delight. Not that they take the place of Jesus, but they're an example for us. And they're sitting all around you. Well, we all know a few people that we can point to and say, that's what it looks like. (laughs) They've had a huge impact on my life. And we look to them with admiration and we watch their lives and say, they walk with God. I just want to live with purpose like they live with purpose. And someone may have already come to your mind. What's unique to them and what are the qualities they share in common? Well, here's my observation of of those qualities and some scriptures to point out those qualities. They are people of great humility. Scripture says, whoever humbles himself like this child, Jesus said that, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. They're totally surrendered to God's call in their lives. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. They are people who spend a lot of time sitting alone with God, listening, reading their Bibles with a great passion to discover what's really true from God. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you, and you will seek me and find me. And when you seek me, when you seek me with all of your heart, they're people who not only believe Jesus, but do what he says. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And they're people who have had an encounter with Jesus, and they stay deeply committed all their days. That you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. And they are men and women of integrity. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. They understand their calling, and there's a power about them. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. These are the people that even walk, when they walk through deep pain, they can say, God is good. He is faithful. You can trust him. They're living a legacy, and they're leaving a legacy. And I can't help but think of, of a bunch of you, and, there, and there's a whole bunch of people in my life that look like that, and we could go down the list there in this room. But I think of my sweet wife, Kathy, and she would rather not bring, me, bring attention to her because of her spirit of humility. But with her permission, God reached down with mercy and grace years ago and saved her out of a really dark time in her life. And her life was changed forever. She was filled with the spirit. There was no turning back, no compromise. And then I got to meet her. And for 38 years, any morning, any day of the week, you could come over to home and you'd find Kathy sitting in her cozy chair with her Bible open and her heart open, reading the scriptures, listening to God, praying for our family, for you guys, 
soaking in all that is good from God, all that is truth out of his word. And then she squeezes it out like a sponge on all the people around her. She's living a legacy for our children, our children's children, and everybody that runs into her life. And there's story after story like that sitting in this room and beyond. We could all share one. This one takes a little bit of a setup. Bear with me. In 1976, an organization called Sports Ambassadors assembled a baseball team consisting of Christian athletes from all over the country. And our mission was simple. It was to compete at a really high level against the national teams in Latin America, namely Panama and Nicaragua. And we would give our testimonies between doubleheaders or after single games or in the streets or in churches or where we had the opportunity. And people would fill the stadiums. And we witnessed hundreds of people flood the infield every game to give their life to Christ. And we were 21 and 22-year-olds. And after the summer was done, we all went our separate ways without no communication for all these years. And then God, with purpose, has brought us back together after all those 45 years, after 45 years. Every Monday night, we meet together on Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't, that's not in here. (laughs) We meet every Monday night to study the scriptures, encourage each other, pray for each other's families, and then watch God answer prayer. And these guys are pastors and church leaders and counselors and teachers and high school coaches, Division I football coaches, NFL coaches, leaders in, the, in business, and their parents and grandparents, men of humility and integrity, and they're all leaving a legacy of heaven. Why? Because every one of them, without exception, stayed committed and totally surrendered to Jesus, even with some pretty big bumps in the road. And one of those men is Dave Vaughn. And my hope here really is that you might see some of your story in Dave's story. Dave called himself the black sheep growing up in a Christian family, and he was in trouble a lot and get kicked out of two separate high schools his freshman year. How do you even do that? (laughs) And he remembers feeling like he didn't have a whole lot of skills or abilities to offer as it related to his future. But one thing he did discover that he was really, really good at throwing and hitting a baseball. And that eventually landed him a a college scholarship. And my first memory of Dave before we ever went on this trip was standing in the outfield grass playing against him and saying under my breath to our pitcher, don't give this guy anything good to hit. Don't throw him a good pitch. And inevitably, I would be watching a ball sail over my head to hit the wall, or more often than not, it'd sail out of the ballpark. This guy is good. Well, early in college, he surrendered his life totally to Jesus, and Dave recalls praying and talking to people, reading in the scriptures, trying to figure out God's purpose for him. Sound familiar? He needed to declare a major, and he settled on something. 
And then he was on his way to the administration office to sign on the dotted line and declare that major. And he got to the top of the steps and he had an appointment with God. A professor coach stopped him and said, hey, Dave, what you doing? And Dave explained, and his professor nodded and said, you'd be good at that, but you need to be a teacher and a coach. And he said it was a clear, clear word from God, and he turned around, never went into the building, walked down the steps, and chose God's plan over his plan. He had other opportunities to sign on the dotted line, but those would have been for Major League Baseball contracts. More choices. And Dave chose once again to follow God, to be an educator and a coach, and after 40 years as a teacher and a coach, Dave affected the lives of thousands, literally thousands, and witnessed countless young people put their faith in Christ, even in a public high school. Three years ago, Dave was body surfing, and he broke his neck. And after a couple surgeries, sorry, I love this guy. After a couple surgeries in and out of three different hospitals in three months, always in ICU, Dave found himself paralyzed. Another time to choose. And Dave could have easily given up, but he didn't. He's working hard at his rehab, and he's choosing God every day. With even a greater influence on the people around him. He's still encouraging people to follow the call of Jesus, and Dave's leaving a legacy of heaven. Every Monday night, we hear him say, God is good, God is faithful, he can trust him. That's what it looks like. Here's Dave Vaughn. Hi, St. Seal. I'm Dave Vaughn. I know that Jim gave you some of my history. Um, don't believe all of it especially if it's something good. Anyway, three years ago, I had a body surfing accident, broke my neck, was in hospitals for three months and couldn't move anything. Uh, even with the accident, I'm not walking, uh, I'm using a walker, I'm doing things I couldn't do, but even in the ac with the accident, God is still good. He's still in control and it's interesting, he's given me opportunities to share the hope that is in me that I wouldn't have had without the accident. So he has a plan still, and I trust him for every day. He loves you, he loves me. He's got a plan for your life. Give your life to him, give your todays and tomorrows to him. You'll never regret it. Praying for you. Thank you, Dave. Hey, surround your people like, surround yourself with people like Dave. You'll become, Alex said this a couple weeks ago, we've heard it many times, but you'll, you'll become like the people you hang with. Find people that will always point you to Jesus and the truth in God's word. <laughs> Everyone in this room will leave a legacy. Ask these questions together with me. What's the legacy I am leaving? If today were my last day, what would be the legacy I'd leave behind? What do people catch when they run into my life? Jesus said, we're the salt of the earth. 
How's my saltiness? Jesus said we're the light of the world. Is your dimmer switch turned down? You will leave a legacy. We leave a deposit on every day of our life. What will that deposit be? Salt of the earth, light of the world, or something else? Listen, you, you can't leave a legacy of heaven if you're not living for the kingdom of heaven. And it's very difficult at best to live for the kingdom if you don't understand the calling to which you've been called, our text. What's your calling on your life? And what's your life purpose? Can't discover your calling and your purpose apart from God. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. And Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. We've been transferred. Listen to that same verse in Colossians um, in the message. I love this. It says, God rescued us from the dead end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the son he loves so much. The son who got us out of the dark pit we were in and got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. We look at his son and see the God who cannot be seen, and we look at this son and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything God, is, God started in him and finds its purpose in him. That's awesome. That's why you can never discover your calling your purpose apart from God. Everything, absolutely everything, finds its purpose in him. And that's why Paul can say to us, lead a life worthy of your calling because you've been called by God. And he can also say later in the chapter, it says, and there's a famous verse, you know it, and it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good who love God and have their own agenda and stay in the darkness. Like Jake would do, hello? <laughs> That's not what it says, is it? It says, God causes everything to work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Here's Jim's revised version. When you love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and you understand your calling, he works it together for the good of his purpose. We are all called by God. Question is, when your phone rings and you look at the screen and you see it's God, do you answer? Or do you hesitate? Dad, I'll call him back, he's really busy. God's call is really different than the phone call that we get to inviting us to dinner. Still waiting for that phone call, by the way, from some of you. 
<laughs> there it is now. Wow, you guys are quick. Ah, tomorrow night. Look, when we answer God's call, it's an invitation to purpose and freedom and fulfillment and identity and power. Amen? He made us. We were created with a purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God's the manufacturer. You are the product. So, so Jim, what's in the brown bag? <laughs> you know I couldn't come up here without a prop. So I found this in my garage, actually Connor's garage. But gosh, we should save this because we'll find something to work with, do with it. It looks like a joystick maybe, or I can use it as a microphone, or just stick it back out there. We'll figure out what to do with it. But when you use it for what the manufacturer intended it to be, it has purpose. Amen? That's a silly illustration, but I think you get the point. That's a pretty good drill, Connor. Unfortunately, too many Christians are looking everywhere for their purpose and identity, something to fulfill them. They're looking everywhere except for their, for their, for their calling. They let the culture, the latest trend, dictate what they should do or where they should go next. And not listening to what God said is true. Many are determined to climb the ladder of success, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying that. But they finally get to the top and they discover it's leaning against the wrong wall. If we try to function outside our divinely ordained reason for being, we're just existing. And when we just exist, we have to create our own callings. We have to make stuff up. How sad would it be to die never knowing why God saved you in the first place? And we could all avoid so much of the confusion if we spent more time sitting with God, reading the scriptures, discovering what he says is true. And in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, there's no, where, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. God has something better for you than you could ever imagine, ask for, or make up. A little girl and her dad are walking down the street on a walk. And the little girl just out of the blue remembers that dad had promised me a nickel. So she said, Dad, remember when you promised me a nickel? You promised me a nickel. Can I have my nickel now? Can you, you promised me a nickel. Can I have my nickel? And so dad said, yeah, yeah, you know, when we get home, she says, no, 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 I want my nickel now. Daddy, you promised me a nickel. You promised me a nickel. And so he reaches down into his pocket, and all he feels is his keys. So he takes a deep breath, and she's... Going at it, Daddy, you promised me a nickel. You promised me a nickel. So he goes down to his wallet and opens his wallet. And he only has a 20. <laughs> and he kind of rolls his eyes, and, and she's still saying, Daddy, you promised me, your, promised me a nickel. 
And he says, well, honey, I, I love you so, so very much. I'm going to give you a $20 bill. And she says, but you promised me a nickel. You promised me a nickel. Tears are coming down. She's almost throwing a tantrum at this point. And he says, baby, 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 you don't get this like 400 nickels. And she continues on. I want my nickel. I want my nickel. And a lot of us sometimes settle for a nickel when God is offering us a $20 bill. Ephesians 3.20 says this. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. In the NIV it says immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. God's purpose for you is infinitely more, immeasurably more than what you could ask or think or imagine or make up. And as followers of Jesus, our calling, our purpose, is that we get to participate with Christ in his redemptive work to maximize God's glory and advance the kingdom of heaven. And there's probably at least one of you in here saying, yeah, it sounds like the pastor's job to me. If you're talking about me, it sounds like too much work, and it doesn't really feel or sound like what I had planned, and it ain't going to be much fun. But it will be more fun and more fulfilling than you could ever imagine. Infinitely more than you can ask or think. God wants to give you the $20 bill. Will it be hard at times? Yes. But God's call to life always comes with the power to do what it demands. Second Peter is this promise. It says, His divine power, His divine power has given us most of what we need. No, it says everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through him you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And God doesn't call us to things he doesn't equip us for. Look, you don't need to be a Christian to be talented. But as followers of Jesus, we have been given spiritual gifts supernaturally endowed by the Spirit to do what God has called us to do and our talents. And he doesn't call us to what we don't like. Ephesians 4, 7, that he sa it says this, he's given us, each one of us, given, uh, let me start over, he's given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. In Romans 12, 6, it says, in his grace, God has given us, each, each of us, different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God's given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as he's given you. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, then give generously. If God's given you your leadership ability, then take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. When you understand God's calling on your life and merge it with your giftedness and your talents and your experience and even your scars, 
It should show up in the marketplace. And so many of you just get this. You just got this down. But imagine with me what could happen if we all together, all at once, understood our calling, used it, and flourished our gift, let our gifts be flourished within us, and, and we took this to our families, our occupation, our church, our community, and beyond. Listen, if we are a kingdom people fulfilling our calling, we will affect and infect those around us. We'll be squeezing out that love of Jesus on them. Tim Keller calls it love philanthropy. When you have so much wealth over here, you can just freely give it away. And when you have so much love in the bank account of your heart, you can just flow it on everybody else around you. And as people of the kingdom of heaven, we'll be representing the kingdom and we can confiscate that which Satan decided he'd use for evil and we bring it into the authority of the kingdom. Amen. Well, we We could go on and on. There's a lot on my heart. But I ask you this question. What does it take? It takes all of you for all of him. This is a real silly story. Stay with me. Chicken and the pig are on their way to the grocery store. <laughs> I said, stay with me. <laughs> grocer has a sign in the window. It says, needed, wanted, eggs and bacon. Chicken looks at the pig. Pigs look at the chicken. Chicken says to the pig, we ought to help the grocer out. I can give them the eggs. You can give them the bacon. Pig goes, no, 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 no. You are out of your mind. He said, for you, it's a donation. For me, it's the whole thing. And some of us are given pieces of our life as donations. And God wants the whole hog. Amen? He wants your whole heart. He wants all of you. And your ability to understand and receive is calling for you to live with purpose, exercise your gifts, is intricately related to the level of your commitment and your surrender. He wants your whole heart. A few really important questions. Ask these with me, and don't skip over these. What's surrender going to look like for me? Do I really believe that his plan for me is better than my own? (laughs) Do I really, really believe that his calling on my life will give me the fulfillment and purpose that I've always been longing for? Do you really believe that? Am I willing to give up my plan for God's plan? A couple months ago, um, Davis and Danielle were over for dinner. Come on up, Danielle. 
And we were just fellowshipping, having good food and laughing and encouraging one another, praying together. And uh, Danielle, come over here, Danielle. They, they want, they want, I want them to see you, not me. Um, and she began to tell this part of her story, which she's going to tell you now. And I looked at her and, and Davis and said, and God just posted and he said, you need to tell that story, not just in individuals, those opportunities that come, but St. Hill needs to hear that story. I don't know when or where, but tonight <laughs> is that time. So back in March, my husband and I, we moved back into the Portland area. And honestly, during the whole move, I was struggling with a variety of different health issues. Um, it was a pretty dark time and a lot of pain for me in that transition period, but it was the morning after we just moved and I woke up to pray in my apartment, apartment still in boxes, and my main prayer around this time was, God, I just wanted to feel healthy again. I wanted to feel healthy again and I wanted to feel like myself again. And in this prayer, I got this word from the Holy Spirit that said, something's gonna happen in three months. And when I prayed into that, I got, I really felt the Holy Spirit saying, Danielle, breakthrough and healing is going to happen in three months. Hang on. And so I held on to that word. And I kind of just went about living my life. And I spent the next three weeks um, kind of just resetting your body and just laying low. And that at the end of the three weeks, I kind of started picking up a normal life again, started working with people I love, doing things I love, going to work, work out, cook, all of that. And... I just started getting familiar with the Portland area for my career in marketing, and I stumbled upon this large agency in the Portland area and looked at their job, and I saw that they were hiring for a job that fit all of my experience, basically everything that I've done for the last few years. And so I just kind of redid my resume, threw it out there, honestly just for fun, didn't expect anything from that at all, and... Um, continue to live my life again. And so in a, an additional two to three weeks, I heard back to my surprise and they said, we loved your application, we want to extend an interview. And so I had my first interview with them that following week. And while I'm in the middle of this interview, I realized that this job was an insane offer for a really well-known well -known corporation. It was just Honestly, I was surprised that they were interviewing for this position. And so I told them that I would want to move forward with the interview process. And yes, I'm interested. So hung up the phone. And I think a normal person's response in this circumstance is they would be excited. They would be excited to participate in an interview process for this opportunity. But realistically, I was burdened by heaviness because I was so confused why this opportunity was coming at a time in my life that I was probably the most unhealthy. Um, and that really was heavy on my heart. And so had my first interview with them, and later that night was the Adore Worship Night that happened in Newburgh months, months ago at the Old Friends Church. And I went into the worship night wanting to just seek God's face on getting clarity over this whole process, like, God, why is this opportunity coming up now, and I'm on my hands and knees praying, and I get this word from the Holy Spirit, and he says, you will get the job, you will not take it, I'm calling you to sacrifice it, fire falls on sacrifice, 
And <laughs> I, it just felt like the weight of heaven landed on that word, because that's a heavy word. Um, and I also realized in that moment that so many miracles would need to happen for that word to come into fruition. And it wasn't a light thing. And so I kind of sat in that word for a while, but then picked it up, put it in my back pocket, and continued to live my life, because I'm like, God's will will be done. Lord, if this is from you, it will either come into fruition. If it's not, then it wasn't from you, so I didn't have to worry about it in the first place. So um, about five to six weeks continue to go by, and I have seven other interviews with this large agency. And it was my seventh interview, and I walked away really, really wanting this job. I walked away saying, I'm taking this job. If they offer it, nothing's going to stop me. It's just an amazing opportunity. I need this job. And I remember I prayed to God that night, and I said, Lord, if you're calling me into obedience, if you're calling me to release something, if you're calling me to sacrifice something, you have to do something because I'm not going to give it up. Like, if they offer it, I'm taking it. And I just kind of let that go. And then next morning, I get the call, and I get a verbal offer, and I verbally accept the job. (laughs) on the phone. And while we're going through the logistics of this job, start day, all of this, it was like every single ounce of excitement, hype, human emotion started leaving my body. And I was met with the bitter truth that I had no peace about this job. And I really needed to sit and pray on it. And so I told them on the phone, I said, give me a day. Let me just think about it. Let me just, obviously I didn't tell them to pray about it, but I was like, bye. And so hung up the phone. And that day, I have never wrestled with God more in my entire life on that day. Those 24 hours were so heavy because my prayers to God, I kept entering into the Lord's presence saying, God, I'm taking this job, so can you give me peace? Lord, this is the will that I want for my life, so can you bless it? And every single time it was no, 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 this isn't what I want for you. And I was met with a really strong word that night, and the Holy Spirit said, what's the point of calling yourself a Christian if you're not going to follow me? And he said, what does my word say? He said, I promise I would lead you into healing victory, and I promise I would make you prosperous. But in order to receive my promises, you need to step in obedience. And that word really hit home to my heart. And I, it was at that moment that night that I realized the word at the worship night that I got of, you will get the job, you will not take it, I'm calling you to sacrifice it, was completely unfolding in front of my eyes, and I knew exactly what I needed to do. So the next morning, I did put together, like, a formal rejection offer. I sent it out. And right when I sent it out, it was like the peace of God completely fell from heaven. And I was met with such a presence of peace, joy, and sheer confidence that I did the right thing under God. And I was met under, this is God's will over my life. And I marinated in that peace and joy for the following two days from that. And it was wild because in those two days... I went to go journal just kind of the whole journey there, and I passed a previous journal entry that I wrote, and I realized that the day that I rejected the offer was exactly three months from my original word that I got, where the Lord said, I promised that there would be breakthrough, and I promised that there would be healing. And can I say, now I'm an additional three to four months out now, and I have never loved my life more. Like, I, it's wild. 
I'm obsessed with my job. I'm obsessed with just every aspect of everything. And it's not even just the physical part. Like what God did to my physical body is insane. Like an actual manifestation of healing that I do believe happened because I, God loved me so much to call me into obedience. And so, yes. Thank you, Dan. Can we just say thank you one more time to Dan? That's what it looks like. When you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, fully surrendered to Jesus, you'll be living a legacy of heaven. Paul, once again, therefore, I, a prisoner serving the Lord, urge you, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling because you've been called by God. Let's stand together. Thanks for listening. If we can do anything to help you or if you want to stay in the loop with what is going on in and around the church, you can follow us on Instagram, download the Saints Hill app in the App Store, or visit our website 